0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: (laughs) Quiet. Hello, everyone. It's the Aussie Queens here on Silent Podcasts, giving you everything you need to know about the Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition. I am Annabelle, and with me as always is the glorious Sarah Carradine.
1: Sarah!
0: It's like I crawled into Satan's asshole.
1: <laughs>
0: Hello, Annabelle. I'm there, and it's lovely, toasty, and warm. I could make myself comfortable. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to be covering episodes 1 and 2 of Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition and I have to say I absolutely loved every single second of it, Sarah.
2: Yes, me too. I mean, I'm 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 in on everybody. The Stallions annoyed me by being charming and funny and self-deprecating. How dare
0: they? I have to say I'm enjoying them so much more than I thought I would. It's unbelievable because I really cannot bear the boys of that stripe, but there's something about them. It's true. They're respectful. They're fun. They have a positive attitude. It's even funny when they're flirting with absolutely everyone and they keep calling themselves hot but not smart. Together we make up almost one total brain. I'm, I'm in love with them. The total surprise of the season
2: so far for me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, let's not get ahead of ourselves. No. <laughs> Who else have you been really enjoying?
2: Uh, I've been enjoying George and Pam, of course. Not just for the Georgeness, but for the Pamness.
0: Pam is a trick, isn't she? Pam is iconic. These pair are just made for television. Pam's adult tantrums are giving me life. They're fantastic. Who have you been surprised by? Yeah, I didn't think I would love Pam so much. I think that she pulls off that kind of like brattiness in a really funny and endearing way that perhaps some of the others aren't quite pulling off. So I've really enjoyed them. Peter and Frankie, their dance breaks together are so cute. Haven't they just got great chemistry? They have,
2: and I like their sort of unhurried way through the race and then Peter chanting in the tuk-tuks just don't be last just don't be last just don't be last and it's yes Peter just don't be last that's all that's all you have absolutely. to do absolutely they're just there to have a good time
0: and I love that on them yes Beck and Kate no no no. There, are no there are no from me it's not cute the the kind of I don't really want to be here and I don't really want to be doing this somehow Pam pulls that off and Beck and Kate are just not hitting the mark for me.
2: No, and I am by no means a prude. Believe me, I'm the furthest thing. But if I was in India, no matter what my shape or size, I am size beautiful, as we know, I would not be wearing what they're wearing. I I can't believe as a feminist I'm saying that. But the disrespect to go to a place like India and wear A tiny crop top and a little tiny pair of shorts is, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. And also it's not cool as in temperature cool to wear that in heat.
0: It's true. And I imagine it's only going to get worse as we head into Cambodia. I, yeah, as I said, I understand it's hot but you do need to be respectful, I think, of local cultures. And I think that's why I'm living for Emma and Haley. I'm living for Harry and Teddy because they are showing respect and I'm just not seeing that from some of the other teams, Beck and Kate in particular. Yes. Is that bad to, to critique women for what they're wearing? I am. Um, I look. I don't think it's so much about what they're wearing, right? It's about the the context in which they're wearing it, and it's yes, about not you. showing. It's about not showing respect. Thank um, you. You're not going to yeah. take
2: away my feminist card.
0: No, absolutely not. I, I'll tell you who else is rubbing me the wrong way a little bit. Who I absolutely adored coming into this show, and that's Darren. Um, I oh, do tell. Yeah. So I, I like Tristan, but. Other than his sort of little hurrah before he jumps on the mat, Darren just seems quite grumpy and he's not enjoying himself. I, I do not get me wrong. I was not great with children when I was a child. Um, I am childless. I do not have any friends with children. I, I try my best, but we just don't click. It rubbed me the wrong way that he was rude to the children when they were at the pool. Um, You know, kids, they're innocent, they're vulnerable. It costs you absolutely nothing to be nice to them.
2: In contrast, Harry and Teddy, let's find a girl because girls are
0: smart. She's
2: going to be the president.
0: (laughs) Is Harry and Teddy the feminists of this season? (laughs) Uh,
2: They might be. And kissing kissing the, the judge, giving him a lovely double man kiss 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 when they got there they are so I don't look I don't really want to go on and on about them I might be going a bit pink but that's the contrast then I yes I wonder if Darren's kind of he just wants to do it to get it done whereas a pair like Peter and Frankie are doing it to do it they want to be in it they want to be doing it he wants to chat about don't have a daughter because they're always late. They want to have dance breaks. They just don't be last, don't be last, don't be last. But they're actually in it in a way that Grant and Chesie also were in it, unfortunately a bit a bit too in it uh, for their health and particularly Grant's health. But, yes, it feels like Darren's a bit dismissive isn't the right word, but it
0: seems more of a job for him than I expected. Absolutely. I just want to watch people have fun. And I Mm -hmm. think that there's something about characters on these shows where when you can tell they're having a really good time and they want to be there and they're really making the most of the experience, that's fun to watch. If you're going to hate every second or or just be trying to get it done, you have to have a certain kind of charisma to pull that off, you know, there's plenty of people who've tried to be Courtney Yates on Survivor. There's never been another Courtney Yates. So and never you need... will be. She's one Absolutely. of our queens. Absolutely. And I, I think while we're here talking about our faves, let's bring in a question from Sean Bryan who said, You may have covered this already, but as non parents, how much have you been converted to Emma Watkins fans?
2: It's a very good question. I find myself resisting her, and I probably am being a bit mean, like I'm aware of being unreasonable about resisting her charms. I mean, certainly she and her sister figuring out in Hindi how to say, hello, my name is Haley." hello, my name is Emma, is great. Their enthusiasm is incredible. Their facility with the tasks is quite astonishing not just the dance tasks, but like all the tasks, they just decide, right, let's do it. And they do it. I do like that. I love their baggy dad shorts that they're wearing. See, that's nice and cool because the short material, not to go on about it, but the short material flaps around your legs and therefore gives you that breeze.
0: For some reason, I'm resisting them, but ask me next week and I may have fallen in love. What about you? Oh, I'm deeply enamored. I think they're fun. And again, respectful. I love going, first thing you do when you go to a country is learn at least five phrases so that you can be friendly, you can be polite, and it's serving them well as well. Um, They're intelligent and strategic when they approach the challenges. I'm just really enjoying them, and I'm so glad I have them on my draft team because they're doing shockingly well, considering. Uh, I mean, shockingly well.
2: Mm. They came third in the, first, in the first, I'm jumping ahead, I know that you'll take us there, but they came third in the first episode and it was almost like a stealth third. So even though we were watching them throughout the episode, I was shocked, when, <laughs> as shocked as they were, when Bo told them that they were third.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, before we head into the episode, last question on on overall feelings. Dale Sutherland asks, favourite and least favourite team? Sarah, you're first
2: Right. That's a very good question because I in general I enjoyed, and we'll we'll get into some some ins and outs. I'm tempted to say George and Pam, there's something about their confessionals where you get their relationship. I think if we just saw Pam, and George and George and him being just vomit and get on, I think. I would find them more repellent. I think one of the reasons that I love them is we see such a strong and deep relationship as far as we can from an edited TV product. But it's almost like that relief when we get to talk to them in confessionals and you think, oh, yes, like they know each other so well. This is their dynamic. There's enormous love between them and trust and we've seen a next time on where George is saying to her, there you are, Pam, you just have to believe in yourself. And you think, that's the older brother that, that we look for. So I would say he, they are towards the top. I'm going to say Harry and Teddy. I'm sorry, mostly because I am shocked that I like them. I came in with every prejudice not to like them. But they have been funny, charming, self-deprecating, uh, emotional, everything about them is just like stop being so charming
0: <laughs> i know i know i love them i think they're a good a good choice i mean i think we're both on the same page that our least favorite team is beck and kate favorite i mean yes harry teddy up there emma haley up there i've got to go with george and pam because i do think the show would be Half as interesting if they weren't there. Uh, just the drama that they bring, whether it's with each other or the other teams. You know how compelling their relationship with each other is. They're my favourite, uh, and Beck and Kate. Well, single tear well, when we lose see, you. Look, they may they may come around, but I I I don't know.
2: I mean, it's interesting that we haven't mentioned Ali and Angie, and Yana Ooh. and Core. And I wonder if that's because they weren't very present in these two
0: episodes I mean we're getting a lot from Ali and Angie on trying to sell that relationship to us you know we're not mother and daughter we're best oh God. friends we're Don't. sisters we're sisters
2: no you are not you are mother and I daughter you are not sisters best friends okay fine sisters no that but that's my opinion and it's their relationship I think I'm not anti them I just kind of kept thinking oh you're there and Yana and Cor, who were your per- – you had first pick of the draft and you picked them first and they would have been mine had I had first pick. So I'm inclined to, you know, think very positively of them. It's not that I think negatively of them. I sort of think nothing of them at the moment. But, you know, this may change. We did have to kind of get to know 11 teams uh, and then 10 after Dane and Bo. My lovely Dane and Bo, they were my last pick. I knew they had very much first eliminated energy, but um, I'm very glad to have had them on my draft.
0: They had a very nice relationship. They were hilarious. I loved that Beau was just there for the holiday. He was in zero hurry. I will take my sweet time to get into the tuk-tuk. Thank you very much. No, I will not be participating in the detours. You can handle that for us, Dane. (laughs) I loved him. He was so funny. Yeah, Cor Cor and Yana... It, it does remind me a lot of I think what, a bit what it would be like if my mother and I were out there with you know <laughs> Yana trying to micromanage me throwing tantrums when I'm not getting something right. So that that has uh, drawn me to them a little bit. I just think with Ali and Angie, we're getting a lot of tell not show. We're getting a lot of what they want the branding of their relationship to be, but we're not. Sort of seeing that in the dynamic between them just yet, but I'm I'm open to being sold on them. Okay, let's go into episode one. So, with our first clue, we're heading to the Royal Palace Hotel, uh, <laughs> and we we see that George is already trying to build an alliance with Yana and Kor. What did you think about this?
2: I thought it was very. Fun. I thought in the fact it's far too early to be building alliances there's 11 teams you literally just have to be 10th or higher it it's it, it, it's it is very George that he went straight into that sort of alliance mode and then what i absolutely loved is in the chaos of this indian street new delhi street they kind of one went one team went one way and one team went the other way it was simply just as what happened and george for the next two this episode and the next will talk about how Yana is now his sworn enemy. He will do anything he can to stab her in the back. She is dead to <laughs> him. It's like she didn't do it deliberately. You just went two different ways. <laughs> how did you find that strategic mind bringing itself on to, I mean, there's some strategy to, to, uh, to Amazing Race, but it's more in terms of how you deal with the tasks and the, the, the
0: inter-team dynamic rather
2: than intra-team.
0: I loved it. I thought it was so on brand for George to try and make an alliance um, off the bat and end up with an enemy instead. (laughs) I feel like he's the king of having a nemesis in episode one. I just loved it. And you'd think he'd learn his lesson when it comes to former athletes by now, but bless him, he tried. So they get to the detour and we have a choice, chicken dish or wedding wish. Which one would
2: you have chosen? It's a uh, very—it's interesting because chicken dish. They have to go around and buy ingredients. This would be my least favorite choice, other than the eating of tarantulas. Is going into markets and buying things Uh, because partly because I get distracted by all the nice. I like buying things. It was the weight that shocked me. They had was it twenty-five kilos of tomatoes 15 kilos of garlic I like wedding wish because (laughs) I like dressing up in nice clothes I have a very good eye for detail and I think to look at a dressed mannequin and be very particular I'm not saying I'd get it in one but I think I would I would only need at most two goes to get it right which one would you do
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Me carrying 40 kilos in 40 degrees. It's a no for me. (laughs) I'm with Bo on that one. I'm like, Dane, you can carry this. So I think wedding wish for sure. But... I mean, wedding outfits tend to be so colour centric. You know, if you have a white wedding, don't ask me to tell the difference between two white wedding dresses. They all look exactly the same to me. And and we did find that everything did look so similar. You know, the the, the gold detailing on the turbans so similar. So, I mean, that is the one to go for, but I do appreciate that it was quite hard. It is the uh, detour most people opted for. Darren, Tristan, Yana Kaur, George, Pam, Grant, Sherry, Ben and Jackie all went for Wedding Wish.
2: I did like Core in his dress. No, it wasn't Core. it was um, Tristan.
0: Yes, I like that too. I also thought it was quite funny, uh, Jackie and Ben taking a cursory look at the mannequin thinking, oh, yeah, they don't mind as long as we get it roughly correct.
2: (laughs) Jackie choosing her headpiece, oh, that's extra. I'll have that because I'm extra.
0: (laughs) Totally. Or or even better, George and Pam getting lost, increasingly mad at Yana and then deciding that a mural could substitute (laughs) as a mannequin.
2: The outfits were absolutely glorious. I think it was very well set up. You had to find the mannequins. You had to memorise them. Then you had to go to the shop and pick the correct things. Then you had to find the photographer and, and po- well, I, I don't think it mattered how you posed, but they all posed very happily, including George telling Pam, look happy, it's your wedding day. And I was like, George, don't you gotta think about what you say. But I think it's <laughs> definitely the, the detour to do.
0: Pam you aren't that pathetic. Make me look handsome. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. We had that was where we had Pam's first iconic meltdown as she gets increasingly upset about getting dressed in the heat, George bossing her around, and then she does collapse to the floor wanting to vomit. So I did enjoy that. Harry and Teddy were doing really well in the chicken dish. Not surprising. They're probably one of the the more physically strong teams. What did you think about Beck and Kate opting to go and get the 20-kilo item first? I'm amazed that they opted for this side of the, the detour.
2: Although, I mean, here's where strategy comes in. So when you've got a detour and one of the things is just do the thing, it's hard but just do it, and the other thing is, there's going to be a subjective judgment. You should do the thing where, just do the thing. But I think one look at the at the kilo amount that you had to carry at all, let alone getting the heaviest one first.
0: Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you select one detail, you can say, oh, no, and then jump to the other one, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was- what were they thinking? I, I just get the vibe that they, they weren't thinking. I mean, you don't need to be an Amazing Race fan, which they say they are, in order to know if I've got to run around a shopping district. You don't opt for the heaviest item first. No, just just anyway.
2: I mean, Harry and Teddy, I think that was the right thing for them. They probably aren't as detail-oriented They knew they could carry it easily. One of them could have carried all the ingredients. They missed out on, and this is where we know they're not detail-oriented, they only brought half the amount of garlic that they needed to. And they had a wonderful line, which is uh, one Harry and or Teddy said, sometimes the mistakes you make with a dumb brain, you can make up for with speed. And I thought, yes, you're absolutely right. So I think that they are going to be more kind of muscling their way through uh, tasks than...
0: Sort of slightly more nuanced one. So, it'd be interesting if they get to a more nuanced one. The self-awareness is there, and we stand our self-aware kings. Um, we got a
1: stallions, question,
2: please.
0: <laughs> stallions, please.
2: Stallions. Bo called them stallions. They're all having a big bromance. Those three.
0: I know the sexual tension between Bo and then Teddy and Harry, it's a lot. It's I almost turned away from the screen, except I couldn't. <laughs> I I love Bo. I think he's really fun. When you you said last podcast that that Jess had said that if he you were going for a beer, that he would be the kind of guy who would come running up to your hotel room with the beers and make you go out. I thought, yeah, 100%. That is Bo. Yes. Was there anything else that you wanted to say about this detour or should we get to the learner phrase challenge? I think that, I mean, I don't like the heat. I'm amazed by how few people
2: are wearing hats. Carry around a little shade with you, everybody. And it seemed like the smaller framed people were having the most trouble with the heat. So that's all I'll say. I think that there needed to be a bit more care Either by production or by the contestants themselves, and we are going to see something shocking in the next in the next um, episode. But Beck and Kate had to sit down because they had stars in their eyes. Might have been because they were carrying heavy loads. There's nothing to them. And Pam was certainly having trouble, and she's very slender as well. I don't know whether that's a coincidence, but I think maybe being the first task as well, like the 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 tension you've really got to watch that adrenaline running I think it would be very hard because you're excited and you're in it but you have to just get through I mean you're the one that's done tasks on reality television you tell me how it goes
0: I did tasks when it was absolutely freezing and we all needed space blankets when the Mm. cameras weren't rolling (laughs) but I when you're running around India in 40 degrees now is not the time to be vain put on a hat stay hydrated you're definitely going to lose if you get heat stroke, as we see. As we see. Absolutely. So in the next challenge, we have to navigate to a pool where we have Children in the pool who are going to teach them a phrase, asking for help, navigating to their next destination. As I said earlier, Darren not living for the children. Unsurprisingly, George is also not a natural with kids. He had to be bleeped.
2: He said a word in front of those children that had to be bleeped.
0: Somehow, when George does it, it's funny. When, I know I'm being a hypocrite because I was like, oh, Darren, how dare you? And then George is being even worse. And I'm just like,
2: ha, ha, oh, George. <laughs> a child splashes too near him.
0: Oh, for f- sake, sis. George. <laughs> I'm not making him the godfather of my children anytime no. soon. What did you think of this task as a task? I thought it was very interesting. I loved it. I thought, yes, memory, language, it is the sort of task where an Emma and Haley can really excel over a Harry and Teddy, which you I mean, like. Emma Hay and Hayley Hay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it was fun. I thought it was something that I would be good at. So maybe that's why I was being biased. What about you?
2: Yes, I thought I'd be good at it as well. I think the people that struggled were trying to do it quickly. And they weren't listening. But then some people, I mean, I have a facility for language. I enjoy language. I enjoy English. But I enjoy other languages. And I have an ear. So perhaps I'm being a little harsh on the people that that couldn't get it. I think frustration is your enemy with this kind of task.
0: Absolutely, And finding, I mean, Harry and Teddy did well in zeroing in on that one girl, building trust with her and just focusing on what she was saying rather than, I think Angie and Ali had a large group of them talking over the top of each other. They were just getting frustrated.
2: Yes, I liked how precise the children were. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's right. Get it right. Get it right. <laughs> I mean, one thing that I really liked with Emma and Haley is when another team arrived, they said to them, oh, talk to them first, get to know them. And I thought, nice tip.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what an experience for the children. They're on television. They're probably having lots of fun. You know, make that experience good for them as well. Yes, yes. Now,
2: Ali has messaged Harry on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Did you catch that? I certainly caught that, and I think it was in the uh, previews for the show as well. Unsurprised, I imagine Harry gets a lot of ladies in the DMs. We do hear from Bo, as he's fanboying over Harry, that Harry and Teddy have the largest social media following of anybody there. Interesting that it didn't seem like Harry gave her a lot back, and there didn't seem to be much of a flirtmance on the show. What did you think?
2: No, I was surprised that she mentioned it, but you know who who knows what will happen. I don't see her for him. Sorry, I'm getting all protective about the boys now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Harry could do better.
2: No, I I thought they were. It's not about better; it's about different. You know, we'll <laughs> we'll think of we'll think of some nice some nice girlies for for Harry and Teddy to meet. I I'm I'm ashamed to say. I'm almost tempted to watch their Hot Dummies on Islands shows now.
0: I did watch Harry's season of Too Hot to Handle and I don't think you'd feel quite as protective of him if you hadn't. Right. I won't watch it then because I refuse to be I refuse to have my
2: have my mind changed. He is kind of the worst. Okay. All right. All right. I shall leave that and just just, just enjoy myself. Peter and Frankie again ambling in ambling along no sense of urgency whatsoever until they're in the tuk-tuk don't be last don't be last don't be last but even when he's saying don't be last
0: it's at a very languid pace and they seem to have a lot of bad luck with the tuk-tuks their tuk-tuk drivers are always getting lost yes tuk-tuking them the wrong way (laughs) <laughs> and same with Dane Bo. Once again, Bo. No, I won't be learning a single word of these sentences. So, Dane, you're gonna be carrying the team here. I just love it. <laughs> yes.
2: They I didn't mind their we're just here for the experience mode. You know, I I I liked that. I mean, there's a, a certain American contestant who Uh, uh, last week said she wasn't interested in people who were just there for the experience, Emily on Survivor, Uh, but I was actually here for Dane and Beau, just being there for the experience. I think Dane's lovely statement about, well, every other celebrity decided to find the fittest, youngest member of their family and I got this old fella. It It was charming. I think they would have been surprised not to be eliminated first. I did yeah. actually hope it sorry I am jumping ahead but I hoped it was a non-elimination
0: me too I I felt a lot of affection for them I've been to walgett it is absolutely atrocious that we do have communities in australia that don't have access to clean water it's outrageous and for them to be able to go to india together somewhere completely different have a fun holiday rolling around. I don't know. They pulled it off. They were endearing, and I did enjoy the pair of them. Mm, Yes. So final pit stop. Darren and Tristan come in first. Poor Harry and Teddy get a confused tuk-tuk driver. But quite moving, Sarah. Harry and Teddy get to the pit stop second. They've learnt what poverty is, and they're, they're really starting to understand how lucky they have it back home. Well, you moved?
2: I was... If I didn't like them, I would have been, oh, well, i mean for... Oh! But because I liked them, I thought, I think they're slight... I hope they were slightly joking. I mean, this is a boy who says he only wears his underpants once, but I think maybe he just wanted to say underpants on national television. I I don't believe that they've always lived in luxury. I mean, I don't know what their family background is, but... Yes. Uh, Look, at least they're not doing a Victoria Beckham and claiming to be working class boys when they got driven uh, to school in a Rolls Royce. But they might just be going the other way. They could lose my love, but not with this. We've just learned what poverty is. I I feel like you're a little more harsh on them about that.
0: No, I thought it was quite endearing. And I mean there is a difference between growing up working class in Australia and poverty in New Delhi. I think you know most people from Australia feel quite confronted when they see that. I I you know back to the one time the single use knickers I was outraged in the next episode which really only just piled on my feelings towards Darren. Darren likes a single use t-shirt. Unbelievable. This- Waste, absolute waste in this era where we have landfill and you're doing single-use T-shirts,
2: Shook it. I did like Tristan saying, well, single-use, it stinks. I thought, ah, that's the way. <laughs> yes. I, I like Tristan a lot. We learned he was a lawyer uh, pre-season. We didn't get a lot of information about the non-celebrities and what they did. We, we found out he's a lawyer and he could be one of the good ones. Could be, question mark. He-
0: Yes, most of my friends are lawyers, so I do dedicate a lot of time in my life to loathing lawyers.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather was a lawyer, so I loathe them, yes. <laughs> I,
0: I will take the opportunity to trash lawyers at every opportunity I get. Um, I do enjoy that a key theme in, in this new season of Survivor is trashing lawyers and, and not liking lawyers. it's yes, so. brilliant. But, you know, like all lawyers, I will trash them and still love them and be besties, and I think that's Tristan for me.
2: I wanted to talk about the greeter here with the most glorious pink turban.
0: It was the mutton
2: chops. Mutton chops. The face furniture
0: was absolutely divine. He was immaculate. He was. Beau was punching.
2: But Bo was uh, asking them, "Oh, here come the boys!" Like, he doesn't know who they are, Bo. No, he doesn't no. know who they are. And when you tell them him that they have the most Instagram followers of all, he doesn't care
0: about that.
2: He's hit a collect his paycheck handsomely,
0: welcoming them to New Delhi. <laughs> and what a great job he was doing of that! Gorgeous. So in third we get Emma and Haley. Fourth we get Angie and Ali. Fifth George and Pam. Sixth Yana Cor. George and Pam stoked to have beaten their arch enemies Yana and Cor.
2: I am always here for a one sided rivalry.
0: Only George could be beefing with the youngest contestant to ever play Amazing Race. <laughs> Then we've got Ben and Jackie. Jackie collapses at the mat, so the heat really is getting to everyone. And so we have Grant, Sherry. Then we have Peter, Frankie, bad luck with the tuk-tuk, Beth, Kate, and then last, Dane and Bo. But I think they're quite happy to be going back to a hotel room. Yes. <laughs> and air conditioning, right? Absolutely. At the, the next day they will be taking things at their own pace, probably drinking beer and watching sport. Exactly. What did you
2: think of the prize for this leg? I mean, we're used to in US and indeed Canadian amazing race the first place prize being perhaps some cash, perhaps a holiday somewhere. Uh Darren and Tristan win a night in a luxury hotel where everybody else is in a 3 star. <laughs>
0: you yeah. Think
2: it's Do giving... you think it's because it's the celebrity edition that they don't? Yeah,
0: I, I agree. It's giving we're on a budget, but I think they're unlikely. It's going to sit poorly, I think, with the audience if we're giving celebrities who, let's be honest, some of them probably aren't that well off anymore, um, cash prizes and, and additional holidays. I thought to, to people who come first sometimes get immunity in the next leg or additional twists. No. No.
2: no, I mean, there are advantages sometimes, but certainly it we have to ask Jess Lee. we should get her on to get us up to speed, but I'm pretty sure there's never an immunity. The only way you don't get eliminated is if it's a non-elimination or a keep on racing. Yeah. So US, uh, the Amazing Race last season and this season have instituted no non-elimination legs, but they actually get round it by having a keep on racing, which is in effect the same the same thing. I did like Darren saying, "'I'm just a dumb TV host and Bo saying, "Join the club." That did
0: amuse me. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did those two seemed like they already know each other actually. If I they have think a report. They, I
2: think they did mention they have known each other. but yes, I, I, I agree with you about Darren, but he has he has time to to win us back.
0: He does. I mean, I I did have a big crush on him when I was younger. So I'm, I'm open to him being redeemed in my eyes. So that brings us to the end of episode one. Next, we have episode two. And once they have navigated to the chai stand, they need to do a chai delivery. What did you think about this one?
2: I I was a bit confused about this task. I don't know whether it was me longing for a chai or whether it was the way it was set up. They had to take five teas and two snacks somewhere and get a business card. Is that right?
0: Yeah. And it seemed like there were maybe six or seven different locations. So some so some teams had to go to the same office. It, it was like a chai delivery to offices, but there was some overlap with which office they were assigned.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought I saw a big chart of 10 locations with a sort of blank square beside where... I imagined, it's what I imagined. I imagined that if you arrive there first, you get perhaps the closest one and you put your name and now that business is no longer available to any of the other teams. But we did see three teams go to the same place. So I think I got, I think that's where I got a bit confused. But yeah. other than the confusion, what did you think of the task? This sort of navig- pretty classic, amazing race, navigation task, which they like to use, particularly in these big, crowded Asian cities.
0: To me, the most interesting part of this challenge was really seeing George's negotiation skills start to come to light. And I think something that George has been very good at is understanding how to use the small amount of money that they are given to maximum leverage. So while everybody else is asking for directions, George zeroes in on a guy with a smartphone and offers him a small amount of money to navigate them to the office. We also see him quite a few times offering financial incentives to tuk-tuk drivers to get them there first, to go extra fast. So I, I found that quite compelling. What did you think about this?
2: Yes, I, I I did like that. And, in fact, at one point when they go to the Mark tuk-tuks, which were presumably the same drivers, he says, no, you weren't any good, I'm going to go to someone else. And I think a lot of racers feel some sort of loyalty to their cab drivers or loyalty to their tuk-tuk or rickshaw drivers and i love george just saying no you weren't good enough I thought well great i mean great so i think that's how george is going to get an edge is that strategic mind is always looking for what is best for me and what will not be good for other teams especially one one team in particular <laughs>
0: Yeah, he 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 doesn't mess around, you know. He is a problem-solution mindset kind of guy and um, I, I do love that in him. Yeah, Pam
2: told us that with a great deal of admiration. So oh. I thought, oh, I like that. She actually admires that about him while finding it quite confronting when she's about to vomit from heat in her beautiful red <laughs> wedding dress.
0: Oh, absolutely. So our detour in this episode is make it stick or make it slick i think they were really pushing that rhyme
2: there make it stick yes make it slick mm. however this is amazing race and sometimes we need to let the rhyme pass (laughs) what did you think of these two and which one would you have done more importantly
0: so i make it slick seemed like it was a lot more physical But you were in the water, which was cooling you down. And we definitely saw with the people who had to spend a lot of time in the heat. I actually think that this is where Sherry and... Grant started getting the heat stroke because Sherry was already pretty cooked by the time that they got to the final challenge and I mean even though George and Pam were actually the second people to make it to the make it stick manure they were the one of the last teams there so that would have been hours sitting in the sun surrounded by manure.
2: Yes and I'm not squeamish but the fact they didn't have gloves uh but then people were squeamish about the river i was thinking why doesn't everyone do the laundry but some people were very concerned about the river water which is not not an not a not an inconsiderable consideration let's say but yes i would have definitely done the laundry uh standing up to my thighs in the cool water well it's probably quite warm but it's certainly water and there was a physicality there to churning the churning the washing with a stick. And I did go back to my childhood and young adolescence. Our washing machine was a big barrel with a agitator in the middle. So you did plug it into the wall and turn it on, but all it did was agitate. You had to do everything else, fill it, empty it, put it through the wringer, and I had very long hair. I could sit on my hair as a child and my mother was always worried that my hair would go into the ringer. But as it's a hand crank, I'm not sure quite what then would have happened to me. But I thought this would have taken me right back to my childhood. Laundry was one of my chores There's something very satisfying about getting dirty things clean too, I think. Uh, Some people enjoyed that aspect of it and some people were very annoyed by the aspect of it, that the checker was being far too uh, pernickety about dirtiness on the clothes. It's the entire point of the task.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think slapping the clothes over and over and over again on the rock would have been quite difficult too. I am the kind of girly who endlessly buys clothes that need to be hand washed, uh, and I know even doing that, I can get quite exhausted. So I do think it would have been tiring, um, and I I wouldn't have any issue working with the manure, that isn't something that would bother me. I think I am the sort of person who would be extra concerned about getting the river water in my mouth. So I think probably for the heat purposes, the make it slick was the healthier choice. But I i, I think in the moment, I would, have, I would have done a Beck and Kate, I'm ashamed to say, and I would have opted for the poop. But I would have, I think, been a lot more uh, gracious about it.
2: Yes, I mean, this is this woman's job and she very efficiently shows the mixing of the dung with the straw and the water. And they're going, ew, 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 And you think, girls, she does this every day of her life. The least you could do is restrain your disgust,
0: please, please. It was just... You know, there was something slightly funny about the way Pam was doing it that they just yeah. did not pull off.
2: And <laughs> for I, some love- reason, we're giving Pam a pass for things that we're not giving Becky and Kate a pass for. We'll have to dive a little deeper into that psychologically. Uh, we
0: will. I mean, I. Uh, she's a lot is- younger than they are. Like she's a lot younger than they are. And it's it, it's almost childlike, I think, in the way she does it. She, do, she does the feet stamping. It is like watching a toddler have a tantrum in an adult body, whereas it is distinctly adult in the way Beck and Kate, I'm too good for this. I like yes. hand sanitizer.
2: Yes. I don't think she thinks she's too good for it. She just doesn't want to do it. But interestingly, she still did it. Like she's still complaining the entire time. She still worked with, not necessarily a will, but she, she worked at making these patties. I think the, the lovely thing about, I mean, I would have a hat for a start, just anyway. I have a hat in Sydney. I think there would be something very satisfying about making the mixture and then picking up the big, big ball of it and then slapping it onto the wall. I think there would be something very satisfying about that.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it would have been quite a fun challenge making little patty cakes. It would have been like being a kid making mud pies. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Something else I'm really enjoying is watching, you know, as a Survivor fan, watching the other contestants and how they respond to George. So I I can't remember if it was Harry or Teddy, but when they see George roll in, they go, oh, the used car salesman has arrived. (laughs) And then Beck and and Kate are like, well, the best part of this challenge is getting a front row seat to the George and Pam show. (laughs) So true. Uh, I love it. So next we've got the Bollywood Dance Challenge and we reach an intersection, so teams need to pair up. Um, first to get there are Yana and Core, followed by Harry and Teddy. And we really do see all of the teams just decide to go with the first team to arrive after them.
2: I think how do you, how do you not? I, yeah. I don't know because you don't know. One of the things I love about the race is that you never really know unless there's a team right beside you, but you don't know if you're first, you're last. I mean, we're getting lots of lovely things about, oh, there's no other teams here, we're either first or we're last. Uh, And here, when it's an intersection, I don't know why at this stage with 10 teams, I don't know why you don't just take the next team that arrives. The thing is when the next thing is a pit stop, so this is a bit of of leg design that I will take issue with. I don't think there should be an intersection immediately before the pit stop. I think there should be another task between because otherwise the last to finish the intersection are going to be fighting for, for last and second to last. Maybe that's what they wanted. I mean the lovely hot dummies are very happy to Pair up with Yana, an Olympian, and her 16 year old son, Cor, until they realize they are partnered up with an uncoordinated giraffe and it goes downhill from
0: there. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. My... It
2: was so sweet. Like, Cor was... really wanted to, to impress the boys and then he
0: had a tantrum because he was being embarrassed in front of the boys. And Teddy was, you know, he was frustrated in his confessionals but being so sweet to Call and supportive. And I just had so much sympathy. So I had to learn, I think, three or four dances for my sister's wedding. My sister married an Indian man. And let me tell you, learning a choreographed dance when you're not used to learning choreographed dances is really hard. And I have more I have to learn for her sister-in-law's wedding next March. I'm I'm like core. I'm already terrified. It's months out and I know I'm going to get there on the day and I'm still going to be an uncoordinated giraffe, just a lot shorter.
2: <laughs>
0: a short giraffe. <laughs> stumpy, stumpy giraffe.
2: <laughs> I lo- look, I love the dance challenges i love watching them i love watching when people do them well i love watching when people do them badly and i think you know peter uh, peter says it perfectly which is you don't actually have to get it that right you just have to have a great big smile on your face and he's right i mean sometimes we do see tasks like this where the where the judge will be incredibly finicky but mostly with these dance challenges if you get it in some sort of shape and then you come out with energy and attitude you're going to get past i think what happened with core is he was doing it wrong he had his head down he was watching the others and he was shuffling as he got more and more embarrassed i mean he is a 16 year old boy he was dressed in the girls dress again they didn't have to because we did see another group where of two Men and the men were in men's clothes. I've, I mean, I have no problem with. In, we're all fluid, right? But I think for core, it just. And he was probably very hot. And he's sixteen. He's sixteen, 16 and there's cameras everywhere, right in his
0: face. I'm impressed. But, I had no yeah. emotional regulation when I was sixteen. I think he's doing brilliantly. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> I mean, barely. <laughs> Queen of crying every episode. Yes. <laughs> But it was, um,
2: was it Teddy who, as you say, was rude about him in, well, not rude, uh, slightly disparaging in the confessional, but to his face was hands on the shoulders, bro, you got this, we believe in you, you can do it. And indeed, at the 15th try, court could do it.
0: He pulled through and uh, that was a really nice moment. I did enjoy that. I mean, Haley and Emma smashed the challenge. I'm definitely going to steal their technique of naming all of the moves and, sa- and, and saying them before the next one as I'm practicing for the next wedding. I thought that was great. And, and this is... I think it was by osmosis that I felt warmer towards Ali and Angie as a result. Just seeing those two all-women teams working together and then coming first and second to the pit stop, I, I enjoyed this moment.
2: Yes, I, I loved the the foursome arriving first and second. I thought, yes, goal power, of course. But it was very smart racing from Emma and Haley in this leg, very super smart racing. So I thought, oh, okay. So I am prepared to admire them. I just, I'm just for some reason resisting them at the moment. But see, the more we talk about it, the more I think, well, why am I resisting them? Because they're, they're smart and they're cheerful and they were very gracious with their two uh, intersection partners and helped them enormously with the counting and the naming, as you say, of the movements. So this was very impressive from all four of them.
0: Yeah, that was great. So Emma and Haley end up coming in first. Ali and Angie second. Harry, Teddy come in third. Once Core finally nails the uh, the dance, and then Yana and Core afterwards. We then see George, Pam, Beck and Kate finally overcome their aversion to the cow poop. They roll in. They can see Ben and Jackie struggling with Darren and Tristan. I think they're also there to catch the end of the Harry, Teddy, Yana, Core debacle. George convinces Beck and Kate to take the time penalty with them and to sit out of this challenge. How common is this, Sarah? To
2: do it before even trying is uncommon. Normally people will try and try and then they say, I just, I cannot do it. I have to take the penalty. Now, Amazing Race Australia has much lighter time penalties than Amazing Race Prime and Amazing Race Canada. On one hand, I I would like to admire George. And Dale asked us what we thought about immediately taking the penalty. I don't think he's a fan. He wants them to automatically just get put to the last two. George and Pam came in last to the the challenge. So it's it's, it's no skin off their nose if they leave last. I was surprised that Beck and Kate agreed. But then again, they are the pair that you're going to do it with. And if they refuse to do it, then you can't do it. And I think a little little, uh, side eye from the editors, as soon as they sit down for their automatic one-hour penalty, you see both the other two sets of four immediately get passed and on their way. Whether it actually happened like that with that timing, I think the editors were saying uh, you thought it was difficult, but they just all passed. What did you think about this taking of a penalty without even trying?
0: I didn't really know what to think because I wasn't sure how normal this was, being a bit of an amazing race casual. I mean, Dale in his comment to us said, as most challenges take more than an hour, you may as well skip them all. I mean, I just feel like if that was an issue, production wouldn't allow it. And and we know that George has got pushback in, you know, previous seasons of Survivor for saying, well, I'm going to not do the challenge if it doesn't behoove me. So it makes sense to me that this is something that he would do here. I I didn't dislike it, but I didn't love it either. I think they they only, they came in 7th and 8th, respectively. They only beat Peter and Frankie because poor old Peter and Frankie got another, another bad tuk-tuk driver. Talk. <laughs> and then, I don't know about you, but I Grant collapses with heat stroke. They want to medivac him, but he's desperate to make it to the pit stop. He gets driven there, and then they bring the mat to him and sherry, This made me feel really emotional, Sarah.
2: Me too, because he looked so unwell. And also heat stroke is potentially fatal. Heat stroke happens when your body can no longer regulate its internal temperature. And what's inside you is organs and you need them. And they were cooking. His organs were cooking. He was very funny throughout. He's completely out of it. And he says his name is Larry Emder, which is just very funny. She was clearly desperately worried but being very calm and she had been the one that was suffering before him but he, he went down and it was pretty clear he wasn't getting up again but he wanted to get to the mat. He wanted to get to the mat. And look, George surprisingly does say in confessional, it's great that we weren't eliminated but not for the reason so I thought, oh, okay, George, yes, you you are acknowledging it. And the interesting thing that I noted was that Bo didn't say, I'm sorry, you have been eliminated from the race. He does say you're the last team to arrive. And I thought for a moment maybe it's a non-elimination, but then I was thinking they've got to get ground out of there, like he can't go on racing tomorrow. But he never said that they were eliminated, and I, I think that was, I think he was very affected by it. I mean, he's a a footballer who, you know, has done some broadcasting and then he gets to be the host of this huge show. It's only his fourth time round. I I think he has really taken it on board. He's his his same self, but there's a confidence that that I really like. And he has an emotional connection to the players, which is why Jess Lee says he'd be the one to come and pull you out of your bed to make you go to the bar, where Grant Bowler was more more restrained, more a more distant host like person. A good host nonetheless, a very good actor. But there's something about Bose' uh authenticity, I think is the word I'm struggling for. But yes, he could hardly I, I'm not surprised he couldn't say that they were eliminated, because I think he got quite emotional.
0: Yeah, but Beau is one of those people who you feel like you know what it's like to hang out with them just watching them on television. And I think something that's always been compelling about Grant Denyer, I, I told you I watched one of his winning seasons of Dancing oh, did with win? the Stars. Did he he, win he at great pains to tell us that he has won two seasons, the only person to win two seasons. So I don't know if you heard. But he just has that kind of charm and charisma that reaches out to you through the television screen and you can't help but love him. And and just the way you could tell his wife cared so much. And as you said, distraught, but keeping it together. And and it was one of those things where you can see inside the relationship where she knew that there was no way she was going to talk him out of, of stepping onto that mat. And it was just about, well, what can we do to make that happen and minimize the danger as much as possible and and when Grant collapsed a- again on the mat when they got there and just he was white as a sheet, he aged about fifteen years when you looked at his face of him getting up i I was crying a little bit. I mean, that won't come as a shock to anyone. I'm a crier, but it, it was very intense. I think that's an
2: interesting thing with superfans. So on Survivor 45, the US season that's currently showing, there are people who have now, that it's been going so long, been watched as children, always wanted to be on. It's the thing that they really, really want to do. They can't believe they're there. They have highs. They have lows. It's very interesting watching a celebrity season of something. And... I don't know that it's the thing that any of them wanted more than anything else in the world. Even the princesses who say, oh, we're fans. It's like, yes, but like we're... They're all there for different reasons. And I think, and including Grant and Chesie. But I would say that there are people who are just loving every minute of it. Dane and Bo, as we said, Peter and Frankie. And I think that Grant and Chesie, she says... Oh, he he said, you know, that holiday I promised you. Like, life with Grant must be a bit of a riot and also perhaps slightly irritating if it's 24-7. They do refer a few times to difficulties they've had in the past. Uh, I'm not aware of them. Someone else who's more keyed into celebrity, uh, you do know, will know. I was really looking forward to seeing them more on the race, not just because they are on my draft. I was desperately sorry for them. I thought that idea of getting to the mat, I mean, I've run marathons, it's the only way I can think about it and you just want that finish line to come to you and I know some people don't finish and I think that's very difficult when they've trained and they they fall just before the finish line. I think his desire to step on the mat is completely understandable and they did everything they could the Medical team went with him in a production car so that car would have air conditioning and they basically parked next to the mat. And I think the fact of him finishing was what gave it even more emotionality. But then he collapsed and I thought he is really, (laughs) like really unwell and that he went from being well to being really unwell in the blink of an eye.
0: When he's like crying and saying, I, I don't want to go to the hospital. I have to go to the hospital. Oh, it was it was so much, Sarah. Yeah. And she has Shezzy has stuck by Grant through a lot, and they they are a, a great couple. So I'm really glad that he we we see that he's made a full recovery afterwards. Um we actually have a couple of questions still that we've not got to yet. Uh, Shannon Gus, her question was just two hands clapping. Oh, I have an answer for that. (laughs) Very good. Sean asks, if Annabelle had a detour Uh and the options were to not wear pink for the rest of the race or eat the spiciest Indian dish possible, what would she pick? This is a hard one, Sean, because I'd be paying the price of not wearing pink for the rest of the race. And I do love spicy food, but I'm under no delusions that I could handle the spiciest Indian dish possible. So that would probably make me unwell. I would probably be glued to the bathroom for a few days afterwards and have heartburn and various things like that, I imagine. So I might have to give up pink, which leads us, am I then in the back Kate bucket where I have to race pretty much nude for the rest of my time in the game. Because
2: you have no clothes that aren't pink. Yeah, exactly. Is he not is he giving you is it an either or? It's an either or rude. Not wear pink or eat. (gasps) Oh, I thought it was the other way around. Oh. Couldn't you just have a little? He doesn't say how much. You could just have a spoonful. I would pick the dish, and I would wear pink. Does that mean I can do both? Yes. That's what. Yeah. I, that's
0: right. So When when we race, pink will be our colour. Okay, you're right. I think it's worth the health risk. Eat the dish, it'll be delicious, and then I can at least wear clothes. Yes, uh, we must wear clothes. And I think,
2: you know, we would have taken, and this is for travel to any place, I'm not just saying this because it's India, but we would have our little pack of Alka-Salsa, we would have our antibiotics, we would have <laughs> A very distressing uh, night, not much sleep, but in the morning we could don our pink racing outfits and race on.
0: Absolutely. It's nothing a bit of Imodium and Valium won't cure, Sarah. I believe in us. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I forgot the Imodium, but, of course, that is a, a must pack, and the Benefiber for the, for the
0: opposite. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Sarah, so what did you think? Rate these. Well, Uh, Channel 10, as it has
2: liked to do when it is uh, confident, uh, as it did indeed with The Traitors, interestingly, certainly season one. The Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition was the number one show in the under 50s and 25 to 54s, the number one in its time slot for the under 50s, 25 to 54s. Those are the two huge markets and the 16 to 39s. And it was up 8% on the 2022 launch. So I think that is partly an effect of uh, the celebrities, but also partly that perhaps Australians are warming more to reality shows than they have before as we're having our own versions of Survivor, Amazing Race, Traitors and so on. And we were first with the Traitors. Why do you think it's so popular and how 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 are you feeling if you were the rater, how would you rate it?
0: I thought it was super fantastic. I, I mean, I don't think that we've got a lot of other major reality shows on at the moment to my knowledge. Um, so we did just come out of a major reality seasons of The Block and um, – we, I think we might have the mask Singer coming up, but aside from that, I think this is really the biggest name in its time slot. So, I and I think you're right. We are starting to see more acceptance here and and recognition that it's not just maths, it's not just Master Chef. There there are reality shows for everybody. Well, certainly the
2: the competition, you know, social strategy, a reality game such as Traders and and Survivor and this, I think there's perhaps more appetite rather than the, you know, the maths and the must shift. Good though they both are, where that's a sort of a straight competition, as it were. And as you know, we don't like straight, so we like no, it.
0: No, no. I was very limping. pleased
2: with it, very pleased with it.
0: I thought it was great. No, I can't wait to see next week's episodes and fingers crossed for our stallions uh, and also Emma, Haley, George and Pam, please. They need <laughs> to survive the week. Yes. So, Sarah, what have you got going on and where can people find you? If people would like to find me, they can follow me
2: at Sarah Carradine on all the things. Uh, every Tuesday, Murray Fourth and I bring you a true crime review on Crime Scene, S E E N, on RHAP Reality TV, Rahapups. This week, we brought you our scathing review of Saviour Complex. And next week, we welcome Matt Scott for a discussion of who killed Jill Dando. And over on Post Show Recaps, Grace Leader, Brooklyn Zed, and I are fizzing with excitement about Our Flag Means Death Season 2. And what about you, Annabelle? Where can the people find you?
0: Well, no one's dying over where I am. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, Annabelle CE. And I'm currently recapping Traitors Canada with the wonderful Phil Chili Philly on Brink of Reality. So we just watched the first episode this week. Find us there. Thank you so much to Isaiah and the team at Silent Podcasts. Till next time, remember, give your money to the guy with a smartphone.
1: 18 plus.